This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Happy to welcome in Mike Dettelier at WWL NFL and College Football Analyst. Mike D's Notebook brought to you by the Thibodeau Regional Health System. And I guess, Mike, the talk will still all be all about the quarterback, of course, for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, They've now moved on to the Jordan Love era here. And through the first two games, hasn't been too bad. But Charlie also pointed out he hasn't played any good defenses yet either. Yeah, and he sort of spit the bit last week in the fourth quarter. Yes, he did. Uh, yeah, they, they had Atlanta. Uh, you know, they had him. They pulled in Atlanta and in of, Atlanta. Yeah, and they had to let him off the hook a little bit. But uh, really, Jordan Love has not been the issue in Atlanta uh, in Green Bay. I'll be honest with you. It's been their defense. They've been El Lazio. I mean, they really have. Um, you know, so – you know, with Jordan, uh, I got to see him play a lot of college football. And then he came to the Manning Passing Academy and uh, told me a story. He was a lightly recruited, you know, quarterback prospect. And, uh, you know, man really turned it up the last two years that he played in college. Ended up being that first-round pick. It was interesting when he came to Thibodeau. Um, Manning worked with him a lot and I see he still has some of that same habit of kind of throwing the football off his tippy toes. If you watch a lot of times when he steps up in the pocket, instead of setting his feet and throwing it, he'll rise up uh, on his toes and make that throw. And I know, man, uh, Peyton was on him about, hey, uh, you know, plant your feet and throw it. Uh, don't don't sit up on those toes because it'll change the trajectory of your throw. And I think, guys, that's what makes him a little erratic is that, man, it's a hard habit to break. I know they wrote a song about that. The Chicago did. I heard it this weekend. I went and listened to him. So, um, <laughs> you deserve a little break, Mike. That's good for you. Yeah, yeah, for a little while, but then, then it was right back to it uh, hours later. So, um, it, you know, it is what it is with him. Now, he's got some wheels. He can move around uh, the pocket very well, and you got to be cognizant of him taking off running the football. Uh, they've been pretty good up front along the offensive line. They've given him time to throw the ball, and I think he's gotten better with his progressions as a passer. But today, the Saints' defense is the toughest task he'll go up against 
certainly early this season uh, because we's went up against, you know, in Chicago and in Atlanta. I thought Atlanta played well the last uh, quarter of the game, but I thought their defense was shaky uh, for almost three quarters. Uh, the Saints defense is going to give him a lot of issues. And, you know, they had always sort of relied a little bit on the running game to take some of the pressure, even when Aaron was there. Uh, they, they were running the football pretty well. And, you know, they got some injuries in in the backfield uh, lineup-wise. A.J. Dillon's a big, big dude. But um, really, Jordan Love has not been the issue uh, for at, at uh, Green Bay at all. He, he really has played better than I thought he would play early in the season for a guy that really has had little to no experience uh, as an NFL starter. Well, I think maybe just one start he had, and that was it before this year. So um, you got a really good athlete. He does have a tendency to kind of get hot and cold. But if you watch, he sits up on those toes. And in the fourth quarter, he was up on them the entire time. Making a throw, he wasn't following through, setting his feet, following through like we had seen in the game. And he's got some good young receivers. Uh, he really does. That's the one thing they've added to the lineup uh, over the last uh, couple of drafts. They've added some really good receivers and a real good young tight end, too. Yeah, Mike, actually, that uh, perfectly into my question. So we had led up into the 2023 NFL draft by just breaking down the tight ends a lot saying that it was one of the best tight end classes that you have ever seen but I guess the Packers agreed because in the second round they take Luke Musgrave out of Oregon State third round they take Tucker Craft out of South Dakota State two guys that you were high on but Luke Musgrave specifically off to a pretty good start to the season he had a good game against Chicago he was a little bit less involved in the game against Atlanta uh, but as a rookie tight end the the biggest issue that we've heard from uh, Packers analysts is that specifically in the run game these guys are really young they're still good receivers but they haven't kind of gotten accustomed to run blocking just yet um, and that they can get beat at the point of attack I want to get your thoughts on both Musgrave and Kraft two rookie tight ends that obviously we were high on entering the 2023 NFL draft yeah Charlie we talked about it they're not used to blocking (laughs) okay they glorified receivers Uh, that's what they did in in college you know they, they were out there kind of flex uh, tight end. They weren't asked to do a lot of inline blocking. Uh, Musgrave, you know, he's got some genetics. Uh, you know, dad, uncle, both played in the National Football League, and so he gets it. Uh, now, he only played a, a game or two uh, a season ago, and then he gets hurt. Right. Had he not had that injury, he'd have been he'd have been a real high pick. I mean, I'm talking about first-round pick type guy uh, and early. Uh, because of his catching skills. He's a real skilled receiver, runs really good routes, gets into and out of his cuts and breaks real clean. He catches the ball out front with his hands. And then he's a dangerous athlete out into the open field where he's got some giddy-up in his step. And the same thing with Kraft. I mean, they used him a lot as a receiver. And small college guy, but he gets it too. And he's a very similar type player. And if I've got a young quarterback, why wouldn't I pick a couple of tight ends that are big receivers and kind of aid him, especially down in distance, uh, third down and short, red zone. Come on, you're not matching up against those guys uh, size-wise. So 
I'm a big fan of Musgrave. I, I thought he should have went higher than where he did, but I get it because of the injuries, uh, no, the injury he had last year that he didn't get picked as high. But I, he's a big plus for the Packers. He's going to turn out to be an outstanding player for them. So Saints have to be cognizant of them dragging that tight end, especially on third down plays over the middle where he can make a catch and move the chains. And you got to be uh, also uh, kind of aware of his skills in the red zone where his size matchup uh, is, is considerable. And he's two really good players in Kraft and Musgrave, but uh, man, I'm, I'm a big fan of his and uh, I think some teams made some mistakes passing on him. Mike, you mentioned A.J. Dillon a little bit uh, to lead off. Uh, Aaron Jones right now, the other running back, obviously the main guy, questionable, didn't play last week because of a hamstring issue. We saw Dillon ended up rushing for 55 yards in week two. Uh, the Saints could you know, have it a, an advantage there if they don't have to face Jones, obviously, but Dillon is still a very capable back. Yeah, no question about it. And Aaron's a really good back. I mean, as both a runner and a receiver, AJ's different. Man, he's a big powerhouse guy. I've never seen guys with thighs that big on a running back. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, man, when you get him, you better not hit him high because he'll take you for a ride. But tough guy, north-south, got a little bit of wiggle, but that's not his strength. It's his ability to plow through. Um, in between the tackles and uh, runs eyes up. And, you know, a lot of times a bigger guy, he's got a tendency to sort of look down. But, man, he runs with his eyes up, and he is a brute runner. So you got to start. You, similar to Derrick Henry, you can't let him get started. What you want him to do is to run sideways uh, instead of north-south. But don't let him get cranked up. And uh, he was a heavy-duty runner in college, has not been that type of guy because he's sharing the load with Aaron in the backfield with Green Bay. But, um, no, the Saints have done a really good job stopping the run. Guys, I mean, you just look at it. That's a big part of their success has been their ability early this season to slam the door in on the running game of an opponent and, uh, you know, talked about this during the week with Tulane, that stopping the run really aids the pass rush. Because if I can put you in that third and six, third and seven situation, then I can do a lot of different things to get after the quarterback. So stopping Dylan, who I think is going to get the load today, is going to be really, really important for the Saints. But when you see him, you say, man, that's what a running back should look like in today's world, so to speak, because he's a big proof uh, of a runner, and you know what you're getting from him. It's power, and yet he's got a little bit of giddy-up in the step. Mike, on the other hand, the Packers haven't been very good at stopping the run. I know they're playing no. – they've just gotten done playing the Bears and the Falcons are two very run-heavy teams. But entering week three, obviously the Giants are, have now eclipsed them. But they were one of the three worst teams as far as total yards allowed on the ground in the entire NFL so far this season. They've given up 333 yards on the ground through the first two games. Um, I, you know, my math ain't great, but that's not very good. It's over 160 yards uh, per game. Now, granted – 
The rushing attempts have been very high. They're giving up around four and a half yards per carry. Still not very good, Mike. I think that even though the running back room is still kind of not full in shape, obviously, Jamal Williams goes on the IR and Alvin Kamara is still suspended. I mean, this is the debut of Kendra Miller, as we all anticipate. Taysom Hill should still play a big role in the running game as well. It should still be a really big day for the Saints rushing attack, right? I knew I would run it at them, you know, because I saw what the Bears did, what the Falcons did. That's how the Falcons came back. They were running the ball right at them. And, man, they were moving the pile a little bit. And you look at that defense, it's littered with first-round picks, eight of them. You know, so we doing the Monday night show and, you know, we were talking about it and said eight first round picks on defense. Man, that's a lot of first round picks. But yet you look at the Saints offensive line and that, you know, they're not the five powers there either uh, up front. So they just haven't got the production up front to stop the run. Now they get a good pass rush and they got a couple of really good football players up front uh, in Kenny Clark. What? I think he's their best defensive player, um, front seven player. You know, Kenny's a tough, tough guy, um, underrated. He's never going to be this double-digit pass rusher. But, man, he gives it to you each and every week. And he comes to play hard. But, you know, the edge guys, uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, who um, he was the number one rated football player in the country when he came out of high school, goes to Michigan, Played him at defensive end, defensive tackle. He had his moments. He was a little bit up and down. And then they moved him to outside linebacker. How I slow him down, I run the football right at him. I run it right at Rashawn Gary every time I get a shot. So, man, I agree with you. Uh, I don't care if it's Kendra Miller, if it's Taysom Hill, Tony Jones, you got to run the football and not get away from it uh, because you can't throw the football every down. That's silliness. Uh, you you got to be able to establish a running game. And last week we saw the impact of Taysom being able to run the football. You flip that tape on, that is obvious. The Packers have had difficulty stopping the run. But their best player up front is Kenny Clark. I'm telling you, he's consistent. He's tough. He plays the run well. And he gives you everything he's got. Gary's the pass rusher. He's the guy that you got to watch for uh, when it's obvious passing downs that he's going to get some pressure. They move him around a little bit. So you might not see him in the same spot each and every down. But how I slow him down, I run it at him. You know, I give him a fistful of it. And if it's Taysom or Tony or Kendra, It'll be interesting today because that has been the weak point of that football team. And at times, they seem a little bit miscombobulated <laughs> on the back end. When teams start to run the ball, um, you know, they start to cheat up a little bit to try to help out and run defense. Then I can hit something over the middle with them and expect the Saints to, I think, to go deep a few times on this Packer defense. If they can protect Derek Carr, I think – that, that part of the Saints over the last two weeks has become obvious. They like to do that, and I think it happens again today. I think they try to hit it deep. Mike, looking at the Saints' defense, which has obviously been the strength of this ball club uh, for a couple of years now and obviously to start this season too, 
But two uh, significant names will be out today. Safety, uh, Marcus May, suspension. Three-game suspension begins with this matchup. And then we got late word uh, this week that Paulson Adebo's a bit nicked up. He won't play in this matchup. Do you think the Packers try to, you know, test this Saints secondary in this matchup? What? Well, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That's an easy one, Steve. Yeah, they're going to try to do it. Um, I'm intrigued with Jordan Howden, and I, yeah. I noticed him early uh, in the training camp period that he was a guy that he knew what to do. You could tell it was is obvious, and the reaction from coaches to me, I, mean, I watch that. You know, if a guy doesn't know what he's doing, man, a coach is on him a lot. You know, hey, you're supposed to be here. What what you doing? You know, floating around on this side. They weren't telling him anything. You know, they were just letting him go out there and play because he knew what he was supposed to do. Not to say he made every good decision, but he made a lot of them, and they trusted him. And when they gave Marcus May or Tyron Matthew uh, a veteran's day off, (laughs) it was Jordan that took his spot. And uh, he's played a lot of football. And I understand why you picked him. He played free safety, strong safety. Over 500 snaps on special teams. So you get it. But a real smart football player and a guy that's around the ball. And he makes takes good angles to the ball carrier in run support. That That's the other thing about him that, that you see. So um, I'm intrigued with him because I think he's a guy that may eventually be a starter in the National Football League. Now, it's the best area for the Saints at cornerback. And, you know, with Paulson going down with the injury, you have that. Now, you got some young receivers with the Packers. But, you know, you got to attack the area where you're not sure. Inexperience and guys that are not used to being starters. So, for Jordan Love, um, I'm going after that. Now, can he make the play fair or unfair? That's how you judge quarterbacks, right? Right. Big moments, fourth quarter, being able to pull out games. He he didn't do that well last week. No, we'll take we'll take the Atlanta. fourth quarter he had yeah, in Atlanta his, for his sure. For five, what was that it, Mike? Was he terrible. didn't have a single passing yard in the fourth quarter. He didn't complete a pass. No, yeah, I think he it was like zero for five. <laughs> yeah, and so man, that that's really bad. And it's not like you know the Falcons got a big time pass rush by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, so uh, I do think that they'll go after those spots that now have different people in it, your second team. It's not next man up because uh, how you can't really judge at this stage. He hasn't played uh, as a starter. And I do think you'll see a lot, too, of Lonnie Johnson. Uh, you know, Lonnie's a guy that's interesting, too, because he came into this league. He was a press cover corner. Uh, he was a big physical press cover guy. Then he got moved inside to the nickel corner. Then he got moved to dime safety. Then he was say, man, he's played all across the board. I think they'll do it a little bit by committee and maybe down in distance has something to do with that, that part with uh, Howden. But I think you're going to see a lot of Jordan Howden, Lonnie Johnson today. And uh, Lonnie's really been a good uh, gunner on special teams. And I, I give him credit that he, that wasn't something he got brought into the league that was part of the resume. But he's he's been a really good player 
Uh, that's what they hope to have with him opposite JT Gray be the gunners on this team. And I thought he's done a really good job. So, yeah, if I'm love, I'm trying to take advantage of it. The thing with them is the injuries along their offensive line on the left side with Jenkins and David, uh, their left tackle, left guard. Man, if I'm the Saints, I load up there. Okay, it ain't no next man up because I do know one thing: the two best offensive linemen they have are Jenkins and Bakateri, and then you're... the two best guys. It ain't no next man up because the next man ain't close to those two guys. So if I, I, I try to get after him on that left side with the Saints right side of the defensive line. Mike, I think we could see another big day from Carl Granderson, who just signed that four-year, $52 million contract extension, the former 2019 undrafted free agent that's just improved year after year. want to get your thoughts on his deal and what you expect from him today. Man, you know, watching him, and he I remember we did the interview, Steve and I and Bobby, uh, with him, and he was like, man, I, when I was out of, came out of high school, I was weighing 173 pounds. Hmm playing defensive end how many teams do you think were offering me <laughs> and he sort of joked about it a little bit that man you know at that size he didn't have a lot of people after him and you know he, he put some weight on now he's in the 270 range uh, as a defensive end you know you you love his um uh, his motor man he plays hard and he's skilled he got into some uh, uh issues at wyoming and he would have probably been a top 110 pick had it not been for that. But, man, he has straightened out his life, and he has put the weight on that's needed, and he's been a good pass rusher. But I think even more important with the weight and the muscle, it's helped him play to run better. And he's been a really nice addition uh, for this Saints defense. And you think you got him as an undrafted free agent. Diamond and in the, rough. the last two – in the last two years, he's outplayed Marcus Davenport and Peyton Turner, Hello. two former first-round picks. Yeah, it's pretty impressive, Mike, to see what Granderson's been doing. Like we've all been saying, like just to see a guy you bring in, develop, and now you know getting that big payday. Uh, always great well to, to see. You know that that gets uh, someone putting in the work and ending up, you know, getting on the positive side of things after yeah even having some negatives to start out his career yeah my thing about it is you he get out on the open market man Oof. he's gonna get a lot of man they pay defensive ends a lot of money today man you just look at davenport i think he's getting 18 million dollars uh with the vikings he's he still questionable 13 yeah he's 13 and he still hasn't even played and i saw like a presser with davenport where he was like laughing about it I'm like dude what are you what are you doing yeah this, what? this is how you endear yourself to your new fan base like th these guys don't like you. you they haven't seen you play and you're just like oh, i don't really know what i'm gonna play i mean he signed a one-year deal like i mean it's not even like he's locked down for multiple years he just doesn't want to play but carl granderson He's like the opposite. He, as you said, Mike, the high-motor guy, the high-intensity, a guy that's improved every single year that he's been here. The coaching staff raves about him, um, and he's got all the characters. And he loves want. football. Yes. And, Charlie, but, that's the other thing. But uh, another thing, Mike, is game. that they got in front of it early because the way Carl Granderson is going right now, two and a half sacks <laughs> through two weeks, and he could have another big game today, this guy is going to reach double-digit sacks this year. And as you said, Mike, the going rate for pass rushers is ginormous. So by signing him early on, locking him down, they still expect him to continue to improve like he's done every single year with the Saints. But now they have him signed and locked down with a four-year, $52 million extension. And it's a good deal for both sides. Yeah, and you look at what Trey Hendrickson got. 
Okay. Exactly. Not like he came in as a first or second round pick either. And man, he cashed it in, you know, and the Saints, you know, thought they could get the best out of Davenport. And at times he flashed it, but we never saw it consistently. And again, I go back to the love of the game, how much they really love this game. You see it in Carl. You hear it in it. He loves to play. The same thing like with Trey Hendrickson. He loved to play this game. Right. Uh, he, he's a gym rat, so to speak. Uh, that's part of his demeanor. And so you got to understand personalities. But in today's world, what top pass rushers when you can get 8 to 12 sacks a year? And that's the potential in Granderson. You better pay him now. Because, man, he, he's going to break the bank if he'd hit out there in the open market. Yep. Thank you, Mike. Be hearing from you more coming up on the Bud Light Countdown the Kickoff. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Thanks, Mike. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.